Welcome to People Interacting with People, a podcast about just that, people interacting with people. I'm your host, Pippa Hurst. So I am here right now with Damien. Where, where do you work? Uh, I am an on-security guard for Fort Campbell. For Fort Campbell? Yes, Fort Campbell, Kentucky. Okay. And what does that involve? That means you're checking uh, in visitors like checking me? Checking in visitors, yep. Uh, making sure we have no people that have warrants and anything like that. You know, no felonies and stuff like that. Checking on uh, ID cards and stuff like that. So nothing too crazy. Just doing our thing. And you've been doing that for how long? A year and a half now. A year and a half? Yeah. And you're from where originally? From the Bronx, New York City. New York Bronx, City. Yes. The Bronx. Yes. Do you miss the Bronx? I do. Do you? Yes. I spent one day in the Bronx back in the summer of 2016, I and it. I loved every minute of it. It was awesome. I tell people all the time, like, they're like, oh, I want to go to New York City. I want to do this. I want to do that. I'm like, listen, man, Manhattan is, is a tourist spot. But I actually go to, to where it, it really shows and shines. You go to the Bronx, Brooklyn. You know, go to the ghetto spots, man. You know, go to all the, the low urban areas, man. That's where all the love is at, really. And they look at me like I'm crazy. And I'm like, listen, that's just, that's just where it's at. I know I had people think tell me that they thought I was crazy that I uh, because I wanted to go to Harlem. <laughs> I mean, I was living in Harlem when I went to the Bronx, and I loved every minute of it. Yep, it's beautiful. It's yeah. beautiful out there. So, do you want to go back to the Bronx at some point? <sighs> no, I no. don't. No, you're settled here. I am settled here for now. I just have a a, a lovely house out here. It is working well for me out here. Well, that's good. Um, the only way I'll go back to the Bronx is my mom get sick really bad okay if she gets really really sick then i'll just go back move over there with her and take care of her but now i'm, I'm, I'm good here yeah and your mom both your parents are in the bronx uh, just my mother my mother my brother my whole family's there okay. my whole family's in the bronx i'm the only one down here really yeah the only one okay yeah is your dad still around or my dad's in jersey he oh, lives in jersey. jersey yep okay i was so, just in jersey yep he lives in a uh, violent new jersey all right so he's just doing his thing and what's uh, what's your dad's background? He is Nigerian, and he is from uh, Ethiopia. Wow, Nigerian from Ethiopia. Yeah, yeah. interesting. Yeah. And Nigerian. what about your mom? My mom is Puerto Rican, German, and as well, she's from Cameroon. From Cameroon. Yeah. Wow. And then my brother, I have four siblings, two sisters, well, three sisters, and one brother. And it's weird. I'm the oldest. I came out light skinned, my brother came out dark, my sister came out light, my other sister came out dark. So basically it's like, you know, other sister came out light. So basically it's like, people look at us and they're like, oh, is that your cousin or that's your friend? No, that's my brother. And they're like, well, he's black and you're white. And I, it, it got, I would get offended, man. I'm like, what does that mean? Because I'm white doesn't mean that I'm not black. You know, like it, it just, it, it was just very, very stereotypical at the time. So every time I'm with him, I tell him, listen, that's my brother. He's black, I'm black too. You know, right. this is how it is. So. Yeah, because I, I quite honestly, when you said you were black, yeah, I am. I was surprised <laughs> because you, your skin is a fair color. Yeah. How? What kind of challenges does that present for you? Aside um, from obviously feeling a little bit offended when people don't it, believe you. Uh, of me being black, man, it, it, it's 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 tough for me, honestly, because people, the first thing they see when when they look at me is, oh, you're white, you know, or you're Mexican, you know. You know, you, 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 you're able to do a lot of things. But in my head, I'm like, no, you know, I'm, I'm really am African-American. And it's hard for us because 
what's structured in this in this country as low as low class as low income you know so when i tell people i'm from the bronx or i tell people oh well i'm comfortable going into a poverty area that has more minority than than spanish they could look at me like okay well why are you you know why are you so comfortable doing that for you know like like i'm scared of going there or you know i don't want to be there it's because i grew up around a lot of minority people families minority to the point where like i'm okay with it so one of the big 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 challenges i have is is, is just trying to tell people I'm African-American and knowing to them, okay, because skin color, because racism is big down here. I didn't realize that. Very, very big. Even in the military. Down here in Kentucky? Yes, down south. More so than yep. in the Bronx yep. and New York? Yeah, because we're very diverse. I grew up very diverse. So okay. my best friend's African-American. My, 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 you know, my whole football team was African-American. I have white friends. I have Asian friends. So I grew up very diverse. And our slang is very, very, uh, prolific than it is down here like we say nigga a lot nothing bad you know how you doing my you know what's up yeah. my nigga how's everything you know like the rappers yeah just all that type of stuff yeah 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 so when i say it down here to them it's like you know wow you're saying the n-word you're not supposed to say the n-word like that you know you're supposed to be you know proper or, oh you're not black and i'm looking at them like man like you know where I, where I come from, man? I'm from the greatest city in the world, man. You know, where hip-hop was born at, where rap was born. I'm from the Bronx, man. I was used to saying that. Oh, I went, I went to, so. uh, where was it? Where was, what's the address? DJ Cool Herc, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. What's the address in the Bronx? I went and checked it out. How was that? It was awesome. <laughs> it was awesome. Just to know that that's where it originated yep. in that building. Yep. Uh, that was one of the first places I went, actually. I thought, what am I going to do when I go to the Bronx? And so I walked around that whole neighborhood. But it, it was just lovely, though, because, you know, you have that history there. So when I tell people that I'm from the Bronx, the first thing they ask me is, what's in the Bronx? And I tell them that, you know, and they're like, oh, okay, now I know, you know. Right. So it's just, it's, 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 it's a beauty where I come from, man. I represent it a lot everywhere I go, so. So this would be considered the South? Yes. Okay. To, well, Midwest. Well, I could say South, yeah. Midwest? Getting yeah. close to the Midwest because yeah. we're near Kansas kind yeah. of idea? Yeah. Okay. So... That's about it. It was. I'm not gonna lie to you. It, these past four years have been one of the hardest for me, personally, when it comes to being African American and being uh, Afro Latino and all that type of stuff. Because people aren't used to that type of, I guess, person in this environment. Besides Fort Campbell, you go to Clarksville. You have the white people, Caucasians. You have the Asians, and then you have that certain section of just low income minorities. Right. And when I drive past them or when I go talk to them, man, it, it, it hurts or, you know, it kills me because I look at them and all they want is just, you know, someone to, to, to respect them and all. So when I'm actually over there and I'm actually talking to them, they look at me like, hey, man, why are you so comfortable with us? Because I'm used to being around y'all like that. I mean, my family is African-American. My dad's black. My aunt's black. Everyone's black. You know, I'm used to it. I'm okay with it. I'm not scared. That's the thing about down here that I realized. I just wish we were more diverse down here. When it comes to Clarksville. Now, Fort Campbell is different because everyone's in the military in Fort Campbell, you know? So yeah. that's just how it is. Are there uh, are there a lot of African Americans? There is, the yes. There is. I've worked with mainly Caucasian. One of my best friends, rest in peace to him, he passed away in 2019. He was black. Okay. And I was very close to him. Me and him was like this. Yeah. And um, when he committed suicide back in 2019, man, it, it, it really took a toll on me. It really did. And uh, it, it, it told me that, you know, Stuff has to be taken serious in life when it comes down to skin color and mental health and what you want to do with, with, with your life. Because he, he was, people didn't like him because he was black. Really? And From, that's what yeah, led and, to... and he kind of, he, he's from North Carolina. 
And he's kind of, he kind of felt a way where like no one respected him. And I was there for him for all those years. We deployed together and all. So I was there for him. That, that was that, that was my guy. And um, I, I remember that day he was supposed to come to the house because I was supposed to cook. And uh, I knew something was off. I didn't know. I didn't know what was going on, but something was was, was just off with him. And I'm like, hey man, I'm like, I'm, I'm like Tyreek, bro. Like, you got someone I talk to. I'm, I'm here, man. And I was like, I know, nigga. I got you, man. You know, it's all good, bro. Just leave it alone. So I'm like, okay, you know, I, I wait for you. Four hours later, found out he killed himself. And, How old uh, was he? He was 19. Jesus. It, it took a big toll on me because I'm like, racism is big in this world right now. Skin color is big, and people got to respect that. And uh, it kind of made me change the look of life in many ways, and being black as well, and Afro-Latino too. So, Do you think um, because you are fairer-skinned, you have more advantages than some of your darker-skinned yes. friends? Yes, I do, and uh, I don't like that because I feel like we all should be equal. Just people have to understand, man. <sighs> African-Americans, blacks have been down low to the pedestal for hundreds of years. Yeah. Hundreds of years. 1619. And we're now living in the age where racism is still the big part. We're now living in the age where black lives still matter. And I'm okay being a part of a black community or being a friend or being, you know, someone's brother or sister, brother, cousin, friend, anyone like that that, you know, that's willing for me to be black because I know okay, I'm here. You know, I'm 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 comfortable to be around you. So it's just it's it's we live in a crazy world, for real. We do. We really do. Well, I mean, I grew up white privileged, uh very I think I can probably count on one hand the number of black people that were in my school growing up. Um, two of them I consider very good friends still to this day. Yeah. Uh but, you know, it was some of my schoolmates that were shocked that I wanted to hang out in Harlem. And it's this idea that we have, again, I think media creates a lot of the fear yep. Yep. Um, that we have about those communities and, and black people in general. And for me, I actually feel more at home in environments like that. And that's the beauty of it. That's the beauty. You don't really see many Caucasians or white people that like to be around black people. I'll be honest with you. Really? Down here, or just in general, you don't. You know, because everyone is, is either, you know, arrest him because he's African-American, or, you know, don't go over there because that's a low minority uh, family uh, area, or don't do that because he's black. Or, oh, if he has a hoodie on and said, oh, he's black, let me just put my windows up and lock my doors and all. Like, you don't get too many people that's actually, you know, that's white, you know, a Caucasian, like, oh, I actually adore or like to talk to African-Americans or black people, man. That's the beauty of it. I love that, man, because I, I wish people can go in that perspective and actually talk to them and sit down and actually understand how does it feel to be in that skin color, you know? Absolutely. And it's just going to be one of them things where people won't just understand. I mean, I was telling you earlier that I was mugged. I was assaulted, punched in the face, had my purse stolen by a young black man in a hoodie which is the stereotypical situation that yep. is presented time and time again in media. Um, but that has not pre- prevented me from continuing to have friends within the black community. I don't feel fearful of young black men in hoodies. I hung out in the yep. boxing community in Las <laughs> Vegas with yep. a whole bunch of young black you, men that punch people for a living. You can't just judge that. <laughs> you can't just judge it. Like they say, you can't just judge judge it by, 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 by a book by its cover. You just can't do it. 
You feel me? And uh, people have reasons why they do things. Absolutely. This is life. You know, it's funny. I was thinking when we were talking earlier about uh, about skin color and um, just, I mean, my, my dad was born in Africa. He was born in uh, Nairobi. Okay. And so when I was 17, uh, my dad took my sister, my mom and I, to Africa for okay. a, a family vacation. He had business in Nairobi, and then we turned it into a family vacation. All our family from mm. the UK came and met us part way. Okay. It was really cool. Um, but when we were leaving for that trip, my sister and I were telling our friends that we were going to Africa and that my dad was born there. And most of them said, is he black? They asked (laughs) us if our dad was black. Now you see how English rose pale I am. (laughs) And so at the time, uh, I thought that was absolutely ridiculous. I thought, why would you even consider that as a, as a question? But now sitting here across from you and seeing that there are so many different skin tones mm-hmm. that come from so many different mixtures of relations, uh, it could be possible. Yeah. It could be possible. And that's uh, the beauty of it all right yeah. there. Just just knowing that, you know, you're a different skin color. Your skin color doesn't matter who you are. It, it, it doesn't, you know, it doesn't determine, okay, because he's white, he's white, no. And it's just like Mexicans. I There's so many Mexicans from Mexico that are like very light-skinned, like Caucasian people. Oh, I met a guy the other day in Atlanta at the hotel I was at. He was a maintenance guy who was working on their video cameras or whatever that they have in there, yep. their security cameras that they have in their hallways. And when I was talking to him, I couldn't pick up his accent. Uh, and I speak Spanish, yeah. and I've yeah. been to Mexico multiple times. My sister lived in Mexico for okay. years. Okay. Uh, and he said he was from Mexico. His name was Luis. And I said, wow. That, okay. So we started speaking Spanish, and that was cool. But I wouldn't, to have looked at him, have instinctively thought Mexican. Was Mexican, exactly. No, the same with the mechanic I met mm-hmm. in North Carolina who helped me out with my car, a friend of a friend. Uh, his name was Paolo. And everybody calls him Pablo because he's from Mexico. And we talked about the fact that he doesn't understand why people call him Pablo because his name is Paolo, P-A-U-L-O. And I said, well, it's probably because they're automatically assuming the Spanish yep. pronunciation yep. is Pablo. Yep. Yep. Paolo, I think Italian, yep. right? Yep. So it was just, it's just like we, we make all these assumptions uh, that, that aren't always the case. Mm-hmm. Uh, yep, and, that's, and that's, that's where... That's where everything goes into a crash from there on out, man. I just wish people can just sit down and actually just talk to people, you know? Yeah. That's that's I just wish. And uh that's the reason why I like to that's the reason why I like to sit behind a desk and talk to people, meet new people. Well, that was so cool today. That's the reason why I like I to do that. I was not expecting that. I I came today to meet my friend Kevin, yeah. who I met in DC years mm-hmm. ago, yep. uh, to have a conversation. Um, because when I reached out and said I might come through D.C., he said, I'm actually in Kentucky, I'm out in Fort Campbell. I said, well, I can probably make my way there. I'll let you know when. And we sort of got our communications mixed up yep. and haven't. And so I came in to, to check in and see if I could get into the base. Uh, and there you were behind the counter helping me out. And when I told you what I was here for and the podcast uh, and how I'm interviewing yep, and talking yep, yep. to my black friends across yep. America... Yep. You suddenly said, hey. <laughs> <laughs> I was nervous for a second because I'm like, okay, she said black French. Does she mean black skin color? Does she mean black, you know, nationality, black, you know, Afro-Latino? What does she mean? That's why I want well, to talk more about that. What does black mean? So I grew up black, meaning, you know, African-American. You know, to me, black, my, my, the first thing that comes to my mind, oh, are you black? Or, you know, what does black mean? It's just basically African-American. 
Afro-Latino, anything that, that considers you African-American means black to me. Right. Not just being 100% black. I feel like from the people that I talk to, especially African-American, man, I feel like, I, you know, if you say, oh, well, you know, this is this, this the black one, or, you know, he's black. I feel like to them, man, it's like, why why am I black? Why why can I be brown? Why can I be African American? Or you know why why can I be like you? You know so I I think the thing is like I mean why do we need labels at all? Exactly why you feel me? Just why you know? It's, and and this, that's the reason why I'll aside say aside from the fact that the color of your skin, me being white for example, offers a certain amount of privilege based on how the system's been set up. I I feel like that's a lot of propaganda with that man. I just feel like and it. I'm gonna say yes. You know, I feel like I'm not gonna. You know, I'm from New York City. I'm I'm Afro Latino, of course. You know, I'm African American. I'm black and all, but I feel like yes, there's a lot of white privilege out there, especially when it comes to laws, judicial systems, sports. Absolutely. Everything, man, is just white privilege. Oh, I tell you, when I was mugged uh, a year later, I went to court mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. because they arrested the young guy. He his crimes were escalating. Um, to the point where he was kidnapping women and holding them in hotel rooms and calling their boyfriends for ransom. Uh, so I got lucky because I got off with just getting punched in the face and my purse grabbed. But um, when I was sitting in that courtroom providing my testimony, A, I felt like I was on trial. Uh, B, I looked around. And so here is the quote-unquote perpetrator Okay. sitting in a box behind plastic or glass. Why, though? I don't know. (laughs) Okay. In front of me is the prosecutor, who's a white woman. Uh, On the other side is the defense attorney, who is a black man. Okay. uh, With, uh, I think, probably an East Indian assistant. The sister and the mother and the girlfriend of the perpetrator, for lack of a better word, uh, we're sitting directly behind the prosecutor, so facing me. So I had to look at them while I was giving my testimony about wow. what had happened. And the judge was an old white guy. Of course. And the judge, uh, the judge's assistant, I forget what the actual terminology for her role is, was a middle-aged white woman. And I even remember sitting outside on the recess, and this woman, who was the judge court assistant... Um, was talking to another judge uh, who was indigenous. uh, And we sat there and she said something to the extent of, I have seen this a hundred times before. This is nothing new what is going on in this courtroom, which means nothing has changed. It's the same system. It's the same people, the hierarchy, the, you know, it was... um, And I... I don't know how I feel about whether that, I mean, it took a year for that, for me to, I found out as I went along that, because I was inquiring, I'm like, so what's happening with this young man right now? Because I was open to doing a restorative justice program if he was interested in that and sitting and having a conversation um, about what had gone on between us. They, obviously, that never happened, but, um, well, not obviously, but it just didn't happen. And uh, I just... I'm not sure how good I felt about sending this person to prison because I'm not sure if that's going to... I mean, obviously, he needed to be taken off away from an environment where he can do this again. Mm-hmm. But how helpful is the system once this person is in yeah. the system? And as I was inquiring, he was still in a detention center. They hadn't even decided where he was going. Before I worked this job, I was a police officer. Really? And I, and I worked. I worked the you're jail. You're 27, and you're you've been a police officer. So I worked the I worked the detention center. I worked the jail. 
okay. for two years. Okay. And then I moved up as, as a patrol officer. And I, and I went to work the patrol. I didn't like it at all. That's why I went to this government job. Right. Because I'm more of the, the military uh, mindset and level. Working the jail, when I tell you there's been more African Americans in that jail than there has been any race, has been unpickable. Because literally, like, it gets me with cases that, 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 that I read or with stories that I read that, you know, back in the 1950s, 1940s, when you have African Americans supposedly raping white women. Right. And then they get, they have no evidence at all. You know, they've, you know, they've t- telling you the truth at all, but because we have no evidence for it, they get locked up for 50, 60, 70 years. Then finally get out, oh, we've got the evidence, he didn't do nothing wrong. Exactly. What can you, what, what can he get back? Those 70 years ago. And now it's like all the young black men that are in there for weed possession and marijuana charges yep. that are now considered legal. Yep. So let them go. Petty offenses. Jaywalking. It's like, I worked the jail. When I was working the jail, I've had guys tell me, hey, Roche, you know how I got locked up for? I'm like, what? I was jaywalking. Or I just had just a little roach in my car and they just locked me up. I'm like, hey, man, that's petty. Just our system's broken. Or not broken. It's just designed in a specific way so that yeah. certain people benefit and That's other why. people don't. That's why I'm nervous of like <laughs> being arrested, for real. Because knowing me not being, you know, a hundred percent African American, although I'm Afro Latino, you know, I'm still being black. They still consider African Americans, even Hispanics, as low income classes, no matter what. So I'm, I'm, I, I, you know, I'm afraid of my life when it comes to, you know, the law. But if you know your law and you know your, your your codes and stuff like that, things will be okay. Like when I was working the jail, I've had friends or I had inmates, literally people that know, that would come talk to me. African Americans like, hey, Roche, hey, man, like, right. why, why, why do they put us in jail for, man? They can't explain why they put all these African Americans in jail. And working that jail, you got to understand, 85% of the problems, and you make... You may think I'm wrong. You may correct me. Is the officers, not even the inmates. I had times that they would tell me, hey, Roche, you're one of the coolest officers in this whole detention center. I'm like, why is that? Because you keep it real, man. You're cool. You know, you don't play when it comes to being, you know, when it comes to rules and all. But when it comes down to just talk to somebody, just hearing us, you treat us like human beings. And I appreciate that. And that's one of the biggest things I learned working in the jail is if you treat them like human beings, they'll treat you the same way. Thank you so much, Damien. No problem, no problem, no problem. I now consider you a very good friend. Thank you, ma'am. You too as well. Thank you, thank you, thank you. (laughs) God bless. You too. Appreciate it. I hope you've enjoyed this episode of People Interacting with People. To see photos of my guests, please follow us on Instagram at People Interacting with People and subscribe to receive updates for our upcoming episodes. My next stop will be Las Vegas, Nevada. Thanks for listening. I'm your host, Pippa Hurst.